The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I am super excited about this week's episode. I am actually giving y'all a revamp episode that I did at the beginning of the time that I was podcasting. And I wanted to talk about the topic of shame because I feel like it is such a very broad topic that is not really talked about often. And I gave a lot of points in this episode at the time that I was really dealing with a lot of shame as it related to my relationship with God. So I wanted to bring this episode back to just kind of give it some life because it was such a good episode at the time that I recorded it. And I felt like it was something that would really be helpful to a lot of people who struggle in feeling like they're not good enough, who struggle in feeling like they're not perfect who really struggle with feeling worthy. And I think that this episode will help you kind of have an idea of kind of what I was going through at the time, but also really, really give you a very biblical view and understanding of shame. To just kind of give a quick definition, shame has a lot to do with just feeling very condemned and feeling like you want to hide from God, feeling as though you're not good enough, feeling like you're not a good Christian, And just the things that I have been through with the Lord, I have learned a lot about God's real nature in loving us. And that is something that is ever changing and ever evolving. I would say as I built my relationship with him, I learned more and more about the heart of the Lord as I build my relationship with him and learn new things, especially now as a wife and a mom and someone who is you know, actively doing things that I feel bring transformation to the lives of people and doing things for the glory of God. But just working in the way that I feel about myself has really, really been helpful. And so because of that, I thought that this episode would really help some people because it's so, so timely even now. So if you are someone that enjoys the episode, make sure you share it. Make sure you leave a review on Apple iTunes And just let me know how you enjoy it. Tag me on Instagram. Send me a DM, sis. Let me know how it is for you. And I love to interact with you all. This is an old episode. So you're going to be hearing some things from me like back in 2019, sis. So just be prepared for that. But anyway, I love you all so, so, so much. Thank you for continuing to always support me and the podcast. And I love you. And I will talk to you soon. Now let's get into the show. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. 
Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy as a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Rosa Renee, and welcome to another episode of the show. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. I'm really excited about this week's topic in particular, as I have wanted to record this episode for months like literally months. And I feel like this was the time to record this episode. Finally, God released me to record it. I was actually praying this week and I was like, you know, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to record. I mean, I had worked on this week's episode's notes last week before I released Ashley's interview. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. And God told me to release Ashley's episode and then this week to release this episode in particular. So I'm really excited to finally be getting the opportunity to share this with you. And so this topic in particular will be a part one and part two. Part two will be out next week. This week, we will be talking about the topic of shame, which I'm really excited. I feel like this is something that the people of God kind of know about, but don't really know the root of where shame comes from and how it truly, truly impacts our lives. So I'm going to get into that in just a minute. One, before we're going to do a little quick housekeeping, follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is Rosalyn Renee, R-O-S-L-Y-N-R-E-N-E. I have taken a little break from social media I actually don't know when I'm going to get back on social media in particular because I have just needed to pull away, y'all. Like, I know that I talked a couple weeks ago about in the time management episode about how much time I was spending on social media and just... I have so much to share about what's kind of happened in the last couple of weeks regarding my little break, a little hiatus from Instagram and Facebook and just social media in general. I have so much to share with you that I don't know if I, I'm kind of still gathering my thoughts around this little break that I've had. And I feel like sometimes breaks are necessary for just mental clarity and just really realizing where you are in your season. And so still follow me on social media because I know that in the next couple weeks probably I will be getting back on but still follow me because hey I just like to interact with y'all so follow me on social media the next thing the survey link (laughs) that I told y'all to take I have an amazing listener write me shout out to you girl I don't want to say your name but thank you for letting me know that the survey link was only for owners I'm sorry. I'm still learning some things, sis. So the survey link has been updated. I have checked it a couple of times and it works fine. And so the survey link is down below in the description box. Please take the survey. The survey is for me to gather information from you on topics and things that you are interested in listening in the podcast, as well as me just kind of getting to know y'all. Like I said before, a lot of you all are in places that I don't even know or have been to. So it's really cool to be able to know information and things about you that I may not have known. So please take the survey. The link will be down below and go on from there. And as as always, you know, the train, I live by the train. So welcome to my home as well as please share uh, last little update, share the podcast with others. I have gotten so many new listeners, which is really exciting to me and also very humbling. Just the favor that God gives his children. Like I tell y'all when you follow him, you don't have to do anything but be obedient. And God will take you to places that you will never even imagine just 
again, like I don't know all of you all, but to know that people who I don't even know, who don't even know me, listen to this podcast and find it impactful. So if it impacts you, please share with a friend. I've heard that people have like little listening groups where they listen to it and then talk about it. It's just so excited to be this. And like I said, extremely humbling. Also subscribe, rate the podcast, leave a review on how it's impacted you. I just love hearing and reading those things. It just makes my heart happy and continues to push me to do this podcast. So the reason I wanted to do this episode in particular was because I have overcome so many things in therapy. But one of the biggest things that I feel like I have overcome in particular is shame. And shame was such a longstanding thing in my life that just literally attacked my identity and worthiness that I felt towards myself that I really wanted to dig in deep with you about how shame impacts the walk of a Christian, but in particular, the walk of someone who is like trying to do things for God and just kind of be confident. And so, like I said, this episode will be a part one and part two. In part one, I'm going to give an overview of shame. And then in part two, I'm going to give you some practical tools about how to overcome shame. In particular, some things I'm going to give you will be resources. I have an amazing masterclass that my girl Charm Lewis of the podcast that I did the interview for Childhood Trauma. Charm has so graciously allowed me to offer a bundle package specifically for my listeners. I have a book resource from a girl that I'm going to share. And I just have so many things I just want to talk to y'all about. So be on the lookout for part two episode and that's going to be out next week. So we're going to get into this. So I'm going to start this episode with a scripture. Um, We're going to come from Psalms 4 and it's going to be verse 4 through 5 and it's going to be in the New Living Translation. And the verse says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy and no shadow of shame will darken their faces. And basically the reason I wanted to share this scripture in particular is because shame has a way of completely taking us away from who we are in God's eyes. And I'm going to share a story really quickly about my testimony of shame and just how I recognize that shame was one of those things that really impacted my life. And as I was in therapy last year, I uncovered a lot of things about my past and a lot of things about family, a lot of things about my growing up with my parents and all of those things. And although I've overcome all those things and do not hold any type of blame or fault to my parents or things that I've experienced from relationships, the impact of those situations still had some type of mark on who I was. And really until I forgave and got over them and worked through them, I used all of those past situations with my parents and relationships with people as the reason why I was not who I needed to be. And I think with shame, it forces us to blame others and not take responsibility for a lot of the things that we have gone through. And not to say blaming others is not a natural reaction to when situations happen because it is. But one of the things I love about the Lord is he does not let us sit in blaming others, but recognize that he has the power to completely relieve those emotions and replace them with love. And what I have learned from overcoming that is that I can't expect people to treat me 
in a loving or perfect way when they're not perfect themselves. I can't expect people to have, I can't expect my parents to have known, you know, everything that they were supposed to do to make me into this woman I am when they themselves had a lot of things that they had to overcome or were overcoming that still impacted my life or that they didn't recognize were such, you know, just bad seeds into who I was. So I'm going to talk about a very sensitive story that I know that I can share, but I also want to impose upon you that through me, you know, talking about these feelings and therapy, God completely opened my eyes to how much I myself was also harboring unforgiveness and that I wasn't acting in love, that I was only acting in just blame and hate and bitterness. So When I was in therapy, and just to give like a brief overview of what shame is, shame is basically this feeling of just condemning yourself. And it becomes a thing where it overpowers the way you think about yourself. It overpowers the way you think about others. It often makes you always in defense mode. And basically to give a definition of shame, it's shame is defined as a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. And basically, Basically what that is, is you just feel less than. You feel like you don't have the ability to overcome or be good. And so because shame has such a deep rooted, it has such a deep rooted feeling into who I was. It has such a deep rooted feeling into my identity. I never felt like I was good enough. Shame made me feel like I was never going to get through anything. Shame made me feel like, God, you don't care about me. Shame made me feel like, oh, I made a mistake and God is going to be mad at me. And I can never, you know, get into my Bible and or be consistent with God. So I must not be a disciple of Jesus Christ because I can't even just read my Bible consistently. It just put me in a place of just always feeling bad, which made me feel like I'm never good enough for God. I'm never going to be this follower of him to do all these mighty things that people say Christians should do. Or I see other people who haven't been through what I've been through. And why would God desire me? Or I've done all these horrible things in life. I used to be in prostitution. I used to be a person that was addicted to sex. Or I used to be a person that was prideful. Or I used to be a person that was a lying person. Or I used to be all these things. You think this of yourself so you don't ever overcome with God. Now, again, I was never a prostitute. I'm just providing that as an example. Okay. So anyway, so I'm going to just get into this a little bit and just explain to you how shame is such an impactful part of a Christian and how you can work to overcome it. So when I was in therapy, I realized very quickly that I struggled with confidence. I knew coming into therapy that I struggled with feeling like I wasn't good enough. Like I knew and I struggled with it because I was always depressed about what I wasn't doing. That was an indicator to me that I felt like I was never good enough to God. Like I just always beat myself up about what I wasn't doing, what I wasn't doing. And so over the course of the time that I was in therapy, my therapist always stressed upon me, like, you got to give yourself compassion. You got to give yourself grace. And I'm like, I don't even know how to do that. Like, 
what is this thing of compassion? Because I always came in with the thought process of, again, I'm never good enough to God. Like I've been a Christian for so long. How come I can't get it right? Or I know I've been through all these things in my childhood. Why do I feel so bitter? Or I feel so overwhelmed by the world. Why am I feeling like I can overcome it? Like, how am I that powerful? If God gave me that power, how come I don't feel like I have it? And so we went through months, when I say months, months of just time that, you know, just time that I spent being so beating myself up over everything, just so much beating myself up. Like I'm never going to be good enough. I'm never just going to be good enough to God. And so she would tell me, give yourself compassion, give yourself compassion, give yourself grace. I'm like, what does this mean, sis? And so I remember in particular, like at one point throughout my therapy time, I got so overwhelmed and like, didn't want to go back to therapy because I was so sick of talking about confidence. Like, I'm just like, I'm never going to be able to be confident. I'm never going to be bold. I'm never going to have good, you know, ability to speak, you know, affirming things over myself. Like it just wasn't happening. And so we talked through some things for a couple of weeks. And I remember this session in particular, we were talking about, you know, the way I grew up and we were talking about just how I always felt like I had to be this perfect kid. And to give background, my mom, I guess you could say my mom was the one that raised me. Like I had a parent, my mom and my dad were together up until I was probably about in middle school and then they separated. And then I spent majority of my high school time with my mom only. And so during that time, you know, my mom was going through a lot with the whole thing with her and my dad separating. And during that time, she was very stressed and overwhelmed. And I would even say depressed. So her ability to be, you know, I won't say a perfect parent, but be a parent that was just like all present all the time was quite challenging because she had a lot of different things going on. And so she always pressed on me that I had to make good grades. I had to do what I was supposed to do in the house. Like I just had to be this like good child. I had to make sure that I did everything I was supposed to do and just really pressed on me that like throughout high school that when I became and going to college, you know, she was at that point, you know, seeking after the Lord and seeking after God for herself. So her mood changed, but it was still a challenge for her to be like, you know, fully all in because she had all these other situations that were happening in between the time. And so a lot of the things that my mom pushed on me and even my sister was our education and just that you had to go to college. You could not, you know, not go to school and just pressing on us all the time, all these things. But in the interim of that, my mom always pressed on us our character and that we should be pushers and that we should be always pushing to get to the next thing and always be pushing. And whenever you had a challenge, you push, you push, you push. And what it did for me was... It made me feel like I could never make a mistake. It made me feel like if I made a mistake that I wasn't a good child. And I can remember there were times where things I was sharing my mom, she would almost be like, well, why would you do something like that? Or why would you make that mistake when I didn't raise you to be like that? Or why won't you do this when I didn't raise you to do this? Or why didn't you say this because I didn't raise you to be that kind of child as a point to teach lessons of, you know, I taught you better than this. You shouldn't do this. But all the while it just pressed on me that I wasn't 
living up to the standard that I should be living up to. And so that was already a thing in my mind that I was getting at home. So in comparison to my relationship with God, I often felt like I had to do something to prove that I was a good kid or get accolades or get a pat on the back. Because a lot of what I was growing up in was I would get praise if I did something that was good or was accomplishment. And so all the while, and I, ter- I shared this story when I was like one of my first episodes when I talked about, I think it was the episode of my untrue perception of God, where I talked about how when I was in college, I would rebel against God because I would get to the point where I would be like, I don't see you doing nothing in my life. So I'm just going to rebel against you. And during that time, I was celibate. I was celibate in college for probably about two years. When I would get angry with God, I would go have sex with someone. And how it was like, after that would happen, homegirl would feel so bad. Like, I would feel like I'm the worst Christian that ever walked the face of the earth. And I'm beating my hands on my hands if y'all hear that. Like, I'm the worst Christian that walked the face of the earth. And what it planted early on in my early 20s was this feeling of I'm never going to be good enough. So I know that over a time that was I was in therapy, I would always talk to my therapist about, girl, I don't ever feel like I'm going to be good enough to God. Like, it just it's not going to happen. And so, you know, some of the things that, like I said, I just had negative thoughts that were planted in my foundation of who I was identity wise. Because I do think in your early twenties, you don't really know your identity unless you're someone that grew up in a home where you were spoke like good things over. Like I just truly feel like, especially coming into the point where I'm almost going to be 30 in a couple years. Like I feel like there's this sense in my early twenties. I didn't know who I was. I was still finding out who I was and I was thrown into college, which is a very an adult situation. And at 18, 19 years old, I didn't know what I was doing. And so to have these thoughts about never feeling like I'm good enough, I'm never going to get through this. As a kid, like I was depressed in college. Why would I, why would God help me when I'm literally in my bed, not wanting to get out? Why would the God of the universe come down and so-called touch me when I don't even feel worth being touched? And so that goes back into what I was saying about all these scenes that we think that we commit that we think God can't accept. Like I used to be rebellious against God, y'all. Like I told y'all, I used to be celibate and would get pissed off at God and go have sex with someone as a point to like show God, like, oh my goodness, like you can see how pissed off I am at you. And really in all actuality, what it did was just breed more shame to myself of I'm never going to be good enough. So when me and my therapist would talk about this, we found that the root of my shame was, you know, planted early on in my life because I can even remember, and I tell this story about my dad, but there were times where I often felt like, you know, and I don't know if this to be true, even as being older now, this just was the thing that was just happening. But a lot of times when I would interact with my dad, when I was like in middle school, the only time we would really interact with each other was when I was in trouble. Like he would be responsible for providing the discipline as far as me getting a whooping when I would get in trouble. When I was like in late elementary school and early middle school, the only time we would have interactions was when I would like get in trouble. So it was like almost to the point to where if I do something wrong, I'm going to be Like I only am really interacting with when I'm doing something well and or if I'm getting in trouble. 
So it just breeded this feeling of I'm never good enough for anything. And then adding on sins when I got older, making me feel like it just that seed early on just bore this fruit of you're never going to be forgiven. You're never going to be good enough. And so me and my therapist really had to dig into that and list out like, what are the feelings that I feel about myself? And not only that, but when I do something like I know that a lot of my shame was tied to my purpose and my accomplishments. I felt like I always hear people say in the church, like everyone has this big purpose in their lives and everybody, you know, has this big thing that you only can do in the earth, which I'm not going to say I don't believe to be true, but it breeds this feeling of just like, if I'm not working towards that, then I'm not good enough to God. And we had to really dissect that to really see like purpose has a, has a lot more than just this thing that you do that impacts people. Purpose has a lot to do with our personal, even relationship with God and how we share our love of God with people. And I could get into that another time, but it goes into our identity and all these things. And I really found in therapy, once we dissected those things, that my identity was based in performance. It was based in if I wasn't accomplishing something or somebody wasn't giving me a pat on the back that I felt like I wasn't good enough or periods of time where I wasn't necessarily quote unquote doing huge things for God that I wasn't good enough to him. So all of these things were just based in shame. It was just fully based in shame. And so I want to provide this scripture to you because I think that it paints a picture that all the sins we commit, every sin we commit, Jesus has already paid the price for it. Everything you've done, whether how horrible it may seem, how nasty it may seem, how unforgiving it may seem, Jesus has literally forgiven you when you confess it to him. That's why I'm so open about sharing the things that I've gone through and the things that I've done, because I already know like Jesus has died for it already. So if you judge me, that's all you, sis. It ain't got nothing to do with me because my God has already forgiven me. I'm going to share 1 John 1 and 9 that says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The blood of Jesus cleanses us. So when you confess to God, Lord, I obviously struggle with being celibate. I need you to forgive me and help me to walk in what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ for you. Like those things are important to know. So this idea of grace and this idea of giving myself compassion was something I had to learn over time. It was not easy, but I also think I did not know the power of grace and what grace meant. So I'm going to also tag below in the notes, the series by Pastor Michael Todd, who is the pastor of Transformation Church. If you don't listen to him, you are missing out. But I'm going to tag the series below that he did on grace like a flood. And it was one of the most transformative series I have ever heard besides the one he did on the relationship goal series. But grace like a flood was such a transformative series for me because it showed me that I condemn myself for my sins that God has already forgiven and that grace is the thing that I can show myself because God shows it to me. Like when we condemn and judge others, we are taking away God's ability to show us love and that grace is literally love in just an amazing way. So I'm going to tag that series for you below so that you can really be able to see what grace is. So we're going to get into the topic of shame. 
And what I really want to read, I'm going to read a set of scripture to you. And this is going to be the baseline of kind of what this topic is going to go forth and talk about, because I want y'all to see that shame started in Genesis. Like the first act of shame was in the very beginning of time. And so I remember this was last year. I actually had to go back in my old journals and find this because God showed this to me sometime last year What after this, that after I discovered that shame was a problem for me in therapy, I just went to the Bible and was like, Lord, what is shame? Like, show me what this means. And like, went back through after my therapy sessions and oh, shameless plug. If you don't have the therapy reflection journal, get it. That's part of the process is just like taking my things from my sessions and going back into my quiet time with God and reviewing and reflecting whatever. So this basically was this set of scripture that God showed me about shame. And it was so amazing. I feel like one day I'll write a book about it, but we ain't going to get into all that. But basically this is what shame causes us to do. So I'm going to read, and this is going to be Genesis 3, 1 through 13. Now the serpent who was more cunning than any beast of the field, which God had made. And he said to the woman, this is him talking to Eve. Now, the background of this, and I'm going to kind of skim through the scriptures, but the background of this is, this is the actual temptation and the fall of man. So he said, has God indeed said to you, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. This is the devil talking to Eve. And then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God knowing good and evil. And the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasing to the eyes and the tree was more desirable. She basically ate the fruit and then gave it to her husband, which is Adam. And both of their eyes were open and they knew they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. This is very important. And then they they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of day and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. That is also very important. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. That is very important. And this is God talking. God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? And the man said, the woman whom you gave to me, gave me of the tree and I ate it. That's important. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate it. So I want y'all to, even though you're hearing this thing, like, girl, what does this have to do with shame? Listen to me. So one of the first things that happened was that after they ate it, they realized that this was not something that they should have known. Like it was almost as if they realized, oh snap, I have done something against the Lord. Lord. Like their conscience was completely like shifted. Like they knew something they should not have known. And the reason I want to say this to you, and this is part of this is God never wanted us to know sin. God never wanted us to have to fight to get to him. The fact that Adam and Eve dwelled with God showed that there was no evil or no sin in the world at that time. So in doing something against God, they realized, oh snap, I done did something against God. That is the one thing that shame produces is the thing of us realizing that we've done something against God. But, but 
When Christ came, shame was eradicated because at that point, when we sinned against him and we go to God and ask for forgiveness, our sins are forgiven, therefore eradicate shame. So I'm going to get into the points of some important things that I said were really important. So let me go back to my notes, y'all, because I'm a little all over the place. A couple of the things that happened when Adam and Eve sinned against God by eating the fruit. I'm going to point them out and they'll be throughout the scripture. But in general, I'm going to go to the part where it said, and then they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden, the cooler day and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Shame makes us hide from God. Why would Adam and Eve, who know God, who walked with God, who communicated with him on a daily basis, all of a sudden hide from him? When we realize that we've done something against God, it's almost as if our second reaction is to completely run away from the Lord. Instead of showing ourselves to him and showing that we've done something wrong, for some reason, Christians think that I can just hide from the Lord. God knew that they were hiding, which was why God said, where are you? Like, I don't see you. You were communing with me. Now you hide from me. And God is saying, where are you? Shame makes you hide from God. If you sin against the Lord in whatever way you decide to sin, like, you know, whatever. And you initially hide from the Lord by acting as if God doesn't see it. You're walking in shame because you're thinking that if I just hide from the Lord, he won't know that I've done something against him. That is what came into the earth when Adam and Eve sinned hiding this idea of hiding from God. We are not supposed to hide from God. We are supposed to confess our sins to him. Why do you think it is so hard for people to confess that they've done something wrong? Like more than more than anything, people, and I've realized this, is people will try to make it seem as if they're better than and they don't have any type of faults. There's like they're trying to hide who they are in this time period when we should be sharing ourselves and sharing our weaknesses and all the things that we've experienced to each other. Share your burdens with your fellow friend. Like we as people of God are trying to hide behind these masks of who we are. You are walking in shame. You are walking in a mask that only God knows, but you won't even share that with him. Why would Adam and Eve hide? Because they knew they said, but why hide it? Share it openly. Well, then the Lord God came to Adam and said, where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Adam was saying, I was afraid of you. So I just hid like shame makes you feel afraid to even commune with God for God to even see who you really are. And in essence, you would rather put fig leaves and all these things on you to hide yourself and hide your sin instead of showing God who you are. Y'all are walking around with a bunch of fig leaves and trees on you. How is that? First of all, in essence, when I think about that, that is not even what God wanted. If God wanted them to wear clothes, and I'm saying this is a point to say like a covering or covering up who they are, he would have given them fig leaves and all of that in the beginning if he wanted them to do that. He wanted them to be free. He wanted them to not have to ever have to worry about putting anything on them. And so we are walking around here in essence in the spiritual realm with just coverings on, trying to hide ourselves from God, afraid to share who we really are with him. Adam said, I was naked. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And so basically the next thing that God says is, who 
told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? In essence, what shame does is it basically makes us do things out of character of God. God was basically saying, I never told you you were naked. Who told you that? In essence, what's happening is we're allowing the enemy to basically tell us our identities. And so finally, when we come to God, he's saying, who told you that you weren't powerful? Who told you to walk in fear? Who told you to suffer like this? Who told you that your prayers don't come to me? Who told you that I don't hear your cry? Who told you that you are not mighty in my warrior in Christ? Who told you the blood of Jesus doesn't forgive? Who told you all of these things that God is saying that the enemy will put lies into your mind to make you think that? And God is saying, who told you these things? I never told you those things. I never told you that. Who said that to you? If that is what you're thinking and when you hear God say, who said that to you? You are walking in shame. You're allowing the enemy to condemn you and make you feel like you're not powerful. First of all, y'all have to know this. The devil has no authority or power over you. You have accepted Jesus Christ. I got to find the scripture, but Jesus said, I have all the authority in heaven and earth. If we serve the God who said he has all authority of heaven and earth, why are you still feeling like you don't have power? You do not have to suffer with fear. You do not have to suffer feeling bitter. You don't have to suffer feeling like you have to walk in unforgiveness. You do not have to be angry with that person who made you feel less than. Take that to God and help him to show you your real identity. Who told you that you had to stay in that place? Who told you that you had to continue to be depressed? Who told you that you had to suffer and be anxious when his word says be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests made known to him and his peace, which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart. Who told you those things? The enemy. Do not walk in shame. Do not feel like you're unforgiven by God when he sent his son to die for you. So I'm going to continue because I'm getting excited. But shame also causes us to blame others. So as it went on to say, God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? And then the man said, the woman who you gave to be with me gave me the tree and I ate it. Adam blamed Eve. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is it that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate it. Eve blamed the serpent. Shame causes us to blame other people instead of taking responsibility for what we have done. Sin. When we sin, we blame other people. Well, he if he hadn't came into my inbox and DM me, I wouldn't have even been in this situation. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. You chose it, sis. You did it. Now, you do not have to continue to live in that. You can stop by the power of God, but we cannot continue to blame other people for our sin, y'all. Adam, so righteous, so much so ate that fruit. The man ate it and put it in his mouth. Eve didn't push it in his mouth and say, she gave it to him. She didn't put it up to his mouth. We have to take responsibility. Shame makes us blame other people. Shame used to make me blame my dad and my mom for everything that ever happened to me in my childhood. Not to say and not to even put a thing on the 
thought process that things happen, but it forces me to not forgive and helps me not to walk in love to where I have a blanket of this is who they are and this is just what they did to me and all this kind of stuff. And it puts me in a place of anger and just overall just no freedom, no freedom from feeling like I'm free. I'm just blaming other people. Now, if they hadn't did this to me or if they didn't treat me like this, I would be able to do what I need to do. No. What have you done? How were you a part of this situation? And so we suffer unintentionally and seek all these other avenues for help when God is just like, if you come to me, if you don't hide from me, if you tell me what you did, I will forgive you. The first thing that Adam and Eve did was hide from God. They covered themselves up and then they blamed each other for what they did. And so what did God do? He cursed them. We walk in disobedience and we don't share our disobedience or something away, something that we've done against God with him. And even the reason I'm sharing this with you all, a couple of things that God has shown me in this season is that he wants to help us. God wants to help us, but we have become so prideful, which is why I say go to therapy and talk through these things because you have to really see that if you just give yourself to an opportunity to get help, how much your life will change. I'm not saying that shame doesn't have the ability to really be rooted, but God can uproot that. A part of this is shame forces you not to walk into the identity of who you are. Shame feeds on your insecurities. Shame makes you feel like, oh, just because you're single, you ain't going to never be able to have no man. All your friends got a man and you don't have one. So you just ain't, you ain't no good enough girlfriend. You ain't no good enough, you know, you ain't worthy enough to be in no relationship that's blessed. Oh, why are you practicing celibacy? Everybody out here is having sex and you out here just being celibate. Who wants to be with a celibate woman? Who wants to be with a woman that wants to wait until she's married? Like. No. Oh, because you don't have any kids. Um, You ain't going to never have no kids. You only 27. And even though you're only 27, you don't have no kids or have no man right now. That doesn't mean that you, that means you ain't going to never be able to have no kids since you're 27. Like, let me let you know now. Like Beyonce had a baby when she was 31, 32. Like, it's okay. The sis, the girl had a baby with Rumi and Sir. Like, how old was she? Like 34, 35? Like, sis was older. Okay. Like, stop y'all. Stop. Just, just stop. Stop. Oh, because you don't have a degree, uh, you ain't gonna never get a good job. Like you're never gonna be blessed. Like you ain't gonna never be able to do this. It's, it feeds on your insecurities. It feeds on your insecurities. It makes you continue to live your past as if God hasn't given you the power to overcome. The Bible says Jesus has all the power, all the authority of heaven and earth. So when you are his child, you have all authority along with him. I understand this is a process, but the process comes by learning the identity of who you are in Christ. The, listen to this quote. God calls us to repentance and forgiveness because he has already given us our identity in him through Jesus Christ. The way you overcome shame is by learning your identity in God. When I started really seeking, what comforted me so much so was that the fact that Adam and Eve suffered from shame, like the fact that they blamed each other, Eve doggone blamed the enemy, like that should let you know for one, stop blaming the enemy all the time for all these things that you've done. 
because most of the time it's you. Like y'all have to discover where the seed of shame started and how you can overcome it. Start looking for your identity. So to go back, that was what me and my therapist did. She was like, you got to start looking at giving yourself grace. And I didn't know how to do that. So that was why I said the Grace Like a Flood series was so impactful to me because it taught me compassion, the compassion of God, the love of God. It made me shift my focus on that God wasn't this just hateful being that just completely hated me, but made me see how much he loved me. I saw my identity in him because I was able to see that how much I was forgiven for every sin, every thought that I feel even to this day, how I can literally go to God and say, Lord, I feel like this. I feel like I haven't been doing what I should be doing with you. Can you forgive me from those thoughts and also give me a freshness of you? Give me fresh thoughts of you, God. I go to God now completely telling him everything I've done. Like, Lord, I gossiped today and I talked bad about this person and I said some crazy stuff. Forgive me and help me to repent and change the words that I say against these people. Lord, I feel like I have harboring unforgiveness. Help me to forgive this person so that I don't have to be walking in unforgiveness because I know that if I'm not forgiven, you are not going to forgive me. What happened was this pressing of shame pushed me to God. It pushed me to find out who I was in him so that I didn't no longer have to walk in shame. Adam and Eve blamed and covered themselves. I'm learning that that was not what needed to happen for me. I needed to press into who God was to find out who I was in him so that I can walk in the fullness of my calling. And so overcoming shame means over looking at your mess. Again, like looking at your weaknesses, looking at who you are. So why shame impacts the people of God so heavily? That's my third point. It impacts the people of God because it is a deception of the enemy. Like the enemy literally will just play with your mind if you allow him to. Because he knows that if you don't know your power, then you won't you won't walk in it. Like I don't be really messed with no more because I'm just like, okay, if I feel some type of way, I know I can go to God. The only way you know your power is when you know your identity. I knew that if I didn't find my identity in God, I wasn't gonna walk fully in it. And so it impacts the people of God so heavily because it's a deception. We're deceived. It robs us of our ability to use the tools that God has given us, like prayer and spending time with God. God, forgiveness. Prayer and spending time with God are basic principles of being a Christian. Communing with God and spending time with Him in the Word. That's how you find your identity. The Bible is not this book of just a bunch of stories. The Bible shows stories of people who have failed God, stories of people who have overcome with God, stories of people who have literally done the worst of the worst sins and still have been, you know, people that follow suit after God. That is your identity. Find your identity in God, not in the world, not in these like crystals and shade and sage and all these things that don't really mean nothing. Like y'all are looking in the wrong place. Turn your heart back to looking at the Lord and ask God for the wisdom to know what to do. Another thing why it impacts the people of God so much is because shame, again, like I said, forces you to hide. The Bible says in Revelations that we overcome the enemy by the word of our testimony. 
people don't share what they've been through. People don't share the sins they've committed. And so therefore we're taking the ability to overcome. Like the fact that I'm sharing with y'all that I used to think so badly about myself is a testimony. Like people usually don't share how bad they feel about themselves. And if they do, it's real rare. Like I have felt like crap and have said to myself, you might as well just not even try. Like I've had suicidal thoughts. Like those things are real and the people of God don't share it. That is your power. If Adam had said to God, Lord, I ate the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I am so sorry. Can you forgive me? What would have been different? And so it also impacts the people of God because it makes us not want to pray. It makes us feel like, well, there's no point of going to God because I've done something against him. No, 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 ma'am, no, ma'am, no, ma'am. Sis, you have been forgiven when you tell God, go to the Lord today. I promise you, if you hear this podcast message, go to God today and tell him, God, I have done so many things against you. Forgive me for them. And help me to walk with you. If that's all you have to say, I guarantee you that is an open door to let God in. But not only that, your prayer and testimony are the things that push you to God. When you share your weaknesses with the Lord, it shows your humility and the fact of how powerful he is to help you overcome those things. Last couple little points, and then I'm going to close out. Why it impacts the people of God so much is that it makes us rely on our own tactics to solve the problem instead of pressing into God, which is pride. So the first thing that Adam and Eve did when they immediately ate the fruit was they figured out a tactic to hide their sin by going to put leaves to cover themselves. They relied on their own tactics to solve the problem instead of pressing into God and telling him about what it was. We rely on our own tactics by like saying, oh, well, you know, this man, you know, he puts a couple verses up on Instagram. He has to be like an amazing man of God for me. So I should just slide in his DM. Did God tell you to do that, sis? Did he tell you to do that? Because I'm not married. I need to just do it. No, no, sis. No, you're relying on your own tactics. What tactics have you done recently to solve the problem that you want to get solved instead of pressing into God and asking him? even if it means waiting. Because what's happening is God may tell you to wait a month and bring the blessing, but you would rather go ahead and get it this week since you don't have patience. One of the things I'm working on right now is losing weight. I almost think that I can lose 15 pounds in a week. Just, I may lose one here, one there. It's a process. What God is trying to teach you is the discipline to press into him. But because you don't want to do that and you want to do it yourself, you are acting in pride and shame. Another reason why it impacts the people of God so heavily is it makes us live in a place of continued brokenness. We continue to be broken when we live in shame. We continue to be broken when we do not press into the Lord. We continue to be broken when we don't tell God how we're suffering. The reason y'all listen to this podcast is not because I have a beautiful voice. It is because I can relate to you on the brokenness I used to feel. The brokenness the people that I interview felt. It's not because of me. I don't have any doing in this. I'm broken just like you. And so I have to lay before the father and tell him, father, help me. I need you. But if I never did that, imagine the torment that the enemy would put me under because I live in a state of brokenness. Share yourself with the father. 
talk to your therapist about shame. I'm going to give you a whole bunch of stuff on how to overcome it next week. I have a bunch of tools and a bunch of things to help you see, to have your eyes be open. But y'all have to recognize that shame is one of the tools of the enemy to keep you from God. It was in the beginning of... These are God's first people. These are the first two people he made. And they were shamed. They hid. They blamed. They covered themselves up. They tried to use their own tactics. They wouldn't tell God what they were feeling. Why do you think that was? So this is what I mean. And what happened, what God did was when he cursed them, he also told them he would give them a savior. It would be Jesus because we need Jesus. I just want to tell you this right now. Like you have the power to overcome this. You have it in you, girl. I promise you do. Listen to me when I tell you, you have it in you because it takes some pressing, but it once you do, you will never look at yourself the same. You will never look at God the same. You will look at him as such an ally instead of the enemy. So that is all I have for you today. I feel like I may need to pray. I don't know. I'm going to decide. Like I said, follow me on Instagram. I know this message was, <laughs> I felt really like this was just a message for someone. Share this episode with someone who was helpful for you. And I will be back for part two next week. Love you all so much. And I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>